Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board? Now, Brad, we've got some more information on dining plans now. Uh, we talked about the return of the dining plan for 2024 a couple weeks ago. And since then, uh, we have gotten pricing and, uh, I guess, clarification on what you get. Although I think we knew pretty much everything when we first talked about it. Yeah, I've looked at the, what, the clarification on the highlights and details. And I'm not seeing a whole lot there that has changed between what they previously had and what they have now. Yeah. But the pricing is surprising, I feel like, in a lot of ways. So go first on. of all, I expected this I expected them to just go crazy. Yeah, jack it up. Yeah, with the new pricing. And honestly, at least for the quick service, that hasn't been the case. So twenty twenty, which was the last time they did the the dining plan the cost for the quick service dining plan were 55 for adults and 26 for kids and they have raised the price to 5701 so that's $2 and a penny more that now, penny don't ask me why they why they had to put that penny in there yeah important. that's for tax purposes yes exactly and so they've gone up that $2 and a penny for the adults but and this is interesting to me because this exists for both the quick service and the table service, they've actually dropped the price of kids dining. So in 2020, that was 26, right? But mm -hmm. in 2024, 23.80. Pretty good. So uh, I mean, honestly, if you're if you're two adults and two kids, you come out a little bit ahead of the 2020 pricing. <laughs> well, and what what's surprising to me about this? Uh, is so the children's 2024 plan is 23.83, and it includes the quick service includes two quick service meals per night, one snack or non non alcoholic beverage per night, one resort refillable mug. That resort refillable mug, if you buy it on its own, is twenty two dollars. So you're paying an extra dollar, and I guess you're paying an extra dollar for the that one day for that first day yeah for the two and, and getting two all your meals. food and everything yeah. yeah and a snack so i mean that's that's wild i mean obviously you're gonna have to pay that 23 bucks for the rest of the well, days of your but stay but that mug honestly is, that's not horrible for kids no it's not it's great because it just, you do, like you it, do it, two quick services and you could still i mean two quick services and a snack Either right? the mug is very expensive, yeah, or either the mug is very expensive, or the uh, or the plan is cheap, you know. Yeah, but, I, the the mug the mug is definitely overpriced. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, for kids, I mean, this actually isn't a bad deal. You know, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, could I just put my kids in their own room and right. be like, they want the dining plan. I don't need the dining plan, but they want the dining plan. Now I feel like. Disney would have something to say about that. You're going to have probably a five-year-old five and a two-year-old in the room, huh? Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think, Hey, man, it's a five-year-old and or it's a five and a three-year-old now. Oh. So. Pardon right. me. 
because okay, so I did just look, and Cosmic Ray, uh, you're gonna pay seven dollars just for mac and cheese, right? That is that is the least expensive kids meal, right? So that's fourteen dollars just in kids meals alone, and your snack is anywhere from four to six dollars probably on average. So that's that's twenty bucks right there. Yeah. So let yeah, let's, if you if you stretch that cup out over a couple of over a couple of days, I think I think it's actually reasonable for kids. I, I think it is too. Let's talk about the the actual like the Disney dining plan, not the quick service dining plan. Talk about that pricing, and then we can. I have some things I I want to get into. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now this is the one where they did a little bit more of what I expected, at least for adults, because that one went from seventy eight oh one in twenty twenty. Up to ninety four twenty eight in twenty twenty four. So, so a that sixteen dollar increase, right? Which I mean, that feels more like what I was expecting. Well, but that see, also because that's that like also, a fifteen percent increase, I think, or something is, like that's, that. Is that inflation? Like that seems it's it's definitely a higher jump than the quick service one, but it almost seems like the reasonable increase. You know, it's not like a fifty dollar increase. No, yeah, it's 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 that you expected there to be an increase. Yeah, honestly, even the if if you just take away the kid side of things on the quick service, just that it only increased two dollars for adults seems wild to me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, again with kids Which, though, and it okay. Yeah, go on. Sorry. With kids though, it actually did drop from thirty fifty one down to twenty nine sixty nine. Now. Yeah, not less than a dollar, but it dropped. Right, and it didn't have to. No, and that's still bonkers to me. And then I'm and then I'm looking at it, going, do I just do my kids need to have the the table service kids meal because that's six dollars more for them to do table service. Yeah. So the the fact that this the dining plans in 2024 include an alcoholic beverage for adults totally which it it did back in it did it did in 2020 but not before 2020 no it did in 2019 i'm looking at 2019 right now so they they must have added it midstream 2019 because when claire and i were planning our 2019 trip when we were in the planning stages of it it didn't okay so, so at some point in 2019, yeah. that's when they must have added. Because if if we had been able to get, if I could have got my drink on, well, I definitely would have signed up for that. Because an old fashioned at La Cellier is like fifteen dollars. Oh yeah. And if I can get that, I mean, if you just look from a, a purely, like I'm going to get a drink at dinner. I can pretty much assure you, I'm going to get a drink at dinner. So that's fifteen dollars right there. And then this resort refillable mug and everything, like just emeritizing the cost of the mug over the, you know, certain number of days. We were there for 10 days. So we bought the mug day one for 22 bucks. And I think we probably got our use out of it. You know, we, we really thought, you know, over 10 days, this is, you know, $4 a day for two of us. That's pretty good to just be able to have it, you know, get a drink in the morning, whatever, when we want to, um, but yeah, the inclusion of an alcoholic beverage. Now it's a bit offset with the um, with the increase of the dining, the Disney dining plan, because that sixteen dollar increase is kind of going to offset 
the you know the addition of, that of drink. a drink. But you also get a drink with your quick service meal. So if you're at a quick service place, you also get a, a you can get an alcoholic beverage with your with your lunch or whatever with your quick service meal. So you have an opportunity to get two a day. Um, you know, so up up to thirty dollars a day worth of alcohol. So I, I just like adding in that alcoholic beverage really does make the value of it, you know, quite a lot better because even at ninety five dollars, an alcoholic beverage is what still what like it'd be like five percent of it, you know, and then so you have two. That's like ten percent right there just in drinks. So I don't know. I just I I am um what I am surprised, very surprised at the the lack of increasing the or the lack of increases in the price. Even even the sixteen dollar one. I mean I know that that's a lot more than everywhere else. But if you're you know if you if if you're gonna go to La Cellier, California Grill, Teppanetto, those kind of places, those are very expensive meals. And even a even at sixteen dollar increase is still, you know, not not ridiculous for for a meal that's going to cost, you know, 200 bucks easily. You know, I think our our bill at La Cellier when we went was like 100 140 dollars or something and then, you know, a tip on top of that. That whole meal is basically the cost of the dining plan for two of us and for the whole day. So I mean, you this is the conversation we had, you know, before, are you going to do that every day? If you're going to do that every day, the dining plan makes sense. If you're going to eat at a really nice, really expensive restaurant every single day, the dining plan probably makes sense. If you're not... And and are you going to eat all of the things? And are you going to try to eat the most expensive things? Well, and- sure. I mean, yes. You can, you can get, you know, get into that. Um, but I just... I, I think where I land is if you're planning on doing that every single day and you're going to have the big meal then the dining plan probably makes sense. And even if you're not going to eat the most expensive thing, these restaurants where the bill can, you know, go easily upwards of $150, um, it makes sense to to do it. If you don't think you're going to do it every day, if you even think you're going to do it for like not, or if you're not going to do it for like two days, you should do the math and see if it makes sense. But the inclusion of alcoholic beverages, even though, you know, it was that way in 2019, I still say, especially if you're going to get the quick service dining plan, the inclusion of alcoholic beverages really changes the math a lot. If you're going to every single time you get a meal, get a drink, even the quick service alcohol is, you know, between 10 and $15. And I think that really does factor in now. So one thing that I haven't seen yet on any of the information that's been available thus far, but I'm assuming will still be the case. They're still going to have signature dining experiences where it's going to take two. It takes two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They already said that they, they did say that in the thing that we got, you know, we talked about two weeks ago or whatever. Um, There are still signature dining like La Cellier. And again, right there you go. You know, those some of those restaurants where the bill can get up to 150 bucks, those take two of your credits. So yeah, that also right. changes the and math. So you have to so. include that in your math. But yeah, when you're when you're looking at those. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, they are still gonna do that. And you said, you know, before we start recording, the deluxe dining plan is gone, which the deluxe dining plan was an even higher priced 
dining plan that gave you two table service slash quick service. Like you could use one of the table service credits at a quick service restaurant, I think. Um, but it, it gave you two table service meals every day, which would mean that you didn't have to use, you know, one day's table service or two days worth of table service on one, you know, deluxe experience or whatever, but that's gone. They don't do that anymore. This is just two dining plans. It's much simpler. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Because that third dining plan was just extra complications that they, that they probably didn't need to what be adding in. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, at the end of the day, the dining plan isn't for me. If for another reason, then I'm not going to be staying on right. property. And that is that is a caveat. You got to be staying on property. You cannot get a dining plan if you're not going to stay at a Disney. Yep. And no matter how good the pricing on the dining plan gets, the amount of money that I save on my hotel gets yeah. gets that right out of the realm of possibility anyway. But for those of you who are staying on property, it's you know. I I will reiterate what I think we've said every other time we've talked about dining plan, which is look at it, go look at menus, try to figure out what you think you would do and do the math and see if it makes sense for you. Yep. And don't do the math of, okay, what's the most expensive thing at that restaurant? Do the math of if I was going in here, not trying to be price sensitive, but what would I actually want? Right. And see if that makes sense for you, because oftentimes for me anyway, that was the that was the big change from dining plan to not dining plan is when I was not doing the dining plan, I I was asking myself, what do I really want here? And when I was on dining plan, I was like, what is the most expensive thing here so that I feel like I'm getting my money's worth or something for your buck? you know, for example, like I'm, I just, I randomly pulled up the menu for Yak and Yeti, right? And I'm looking at their menu and I'm thinking, you know, the chicken tikka masala sounds really good. But if I was doing the dining plan, I would have to either go with the duck, the hibachi steak and shrimp, or the market price ribeye. Now, none of those, all of those things also sound really good, but I wasn't basing that off of what sounds good. It's, I looked at the numbers and went, what's got the biggest number next to it? So you have to also not be making your purchases using that metric. At least that's, that's my take on it. And you have to be ready to, to walk around feeling like you need to roll from place to place after a quick service <laughs> meal, yeah. at least in my experience. Yeah. So, Brad, we also uh, found out this week that your beloved Mission Space is getting an upgrade. They're going to upgrade the pavement outside of the attraction, kind of to what beautify the area around Mission Space. Now, whether this is for Mission Space or for Space Two Twenty, I guess we we don't know that. But the uh, the little plaza area out in front of Mission Space is going to get a little refurb. Well, so they've said that they are going to be repainting the planets. Right. And that the they they need to do this pavement replacement first, which, you know, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think the last time I went, I don't remember thinking the pavement was in need of refurbishment, but I'm I'm good with that. Now, I will say that the planets look like they needed they needed an upgrade. Yeah, they're looking a little you know, sun baked. 
yeah, getting a little bit of discoloration here and there and everything. So I, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm glad to, honestly, I'm kind of glad to see this because in my mind that indicates that Disney is still, still cares about mission space, you know, though, did we talk about like last time I was in the attraction? I didn't feel like that was the case. No, we didn't. Okay. Cause I, so there are just little things that have been kind of stripped away here and there things in the queue. Uh, so for example, when you go to your, the waiting area right before you board the, board the rockets, the hallways around there used to have a textured wall on them. And it was, it was weird. Cause they had like cushion on the wall as mm-hmm. part of the texturing. I think I remember and that. And all of that has been removed. And it's just a flat wall painted gray. And so it's just, it's little things like that that make me feel. And, you know, for example, now this has been for a long time. In fact, you'd probably be, you, you'd probably find a lot of people who think this is the way that it's always been. But that wheel in the queue, you know, that big, that big wheel actually used to spin with all the different capsules in it Mm. that used to spin, but it hasn't spun in forever. And I don't think that they're ever going to, to fix that. So there have been some things that have made me wonder, are they, are they looking to replace this? And, and honestly, the, the wait times for it kind of feel much more like a, what C tier attraction, I think. Because I've also, every time I've gone, I haven't seen that queue needed, right? Like, I don't fast pass it or lightning lane it or whatever, and I still don't have a need to do those things. Well, and that's why I was saying, is this for Mission Space or is it for Space 220? You know, are they trying to beautify this area so that Space 220 is, you know, more attractive? I mean, maybe, but does Space 220 even need it? Uh, yeah, I because. Don't know. Space 220 feels like people are going to go to it either way. And honestly, the way that Space 220 is set up where you kind of turn that corner and go into its own area and everything, it feels like it's its own thing. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'll be interested to see what happens here. But again, I'm glad to I'm glad to see that they're that they're working on it. And that this isn't part of the things that got cut due to budget constraint. Maybe this has been on somebody's budget proposal for like the last 10 years. Right. And they finally were like, okay, yeah, you can have you and know, they're, $99. And they're like, to- I'm not sure that, I'm not sure we still need to do that guys, but okay, sure, sure. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take that money and, and uh, use it accordingly. <laughs> um, and the last thing we have, uh, Disney, is unfortunately going to keep the restrictive park hopping, you know, 2 p.m. park hopping hours through 2024. So the the removal of park reservations does not equal the removal of not being able to park hop before 2. Which makes no freaking <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. None at all. Like, I I understand why the restrictions existed at when they were put in place. It's the same as the, the restrictions on reservations, but 
you've already admitted reservation restrictions aren't needed. Why are these park hopping reservation restrictions needed? Yeah, uh, when you don't have restrictions on what park someone can go to, it really doesn't make any sense to restrict them from leaving that park and going somewhere else before too, except for virtual queues to give the people who are already in that park a chance to, in the Magic Kingdom or Epcot specifically, to give them a chance to get in the virtual queue at one um, before park hopping people can. Yeah, but in theory, all of those people had a chance to get in it at 7 a.m. and just decide to go to that park if they got in the virtual queue, right? Well, sure, but you're then, you know, I just, and yes, everyone and the, had a... And had all a, of the virtual queues have been open till 2 p.m. pretty regularly at this point. I'm just, uh, that's the only thing I can think of that would be a an advantage to doing this is giving the people who decided to go to Magic Kingdom or Epcot the opportunity to have the first chance to get into the queue at one. Because other than that, I mean, there's, there's, like you said, no reason to do it. And in theory, every person who comes to Walt Disney World on any given day after the park reservation system is gone could go to a single park, right? Mm -hmm. Every ticket sold for a certain day every single one of those people could end up at Hollywood studios and every park could, the other three parks could be a ghost town. Yeah. They're, you're just really counting on them not doing that. And instead of, instead of evening the load between all the parks, when people come in and they see that their park is overcrowded, they're stuck until yeah. 2 p.m. They'd have to, they'd have to like see that, the line to get in was crazy long and turn around and and that doesn't always mean anything yeah. because it, especially if you get there at park opening uh, the line's always crazy long the line's crazy long and then you get in there and nothing has more than a five minute wait but you wouldn't have known that based off of the entrance yeah i don't know there's really i just it, this this yeah. can this just confuses me man so much and frustrates me because there are so, there are so many positives happening and then Disney's like, well, but uh, yeah, we're going to keep that. I'm really racking my brain trying to think of some reason to do it other than the status quo. What if it's a, what if it's a computer thing? Fix it. <laughs> you have ludicrous amounts of money. Fix the computers. And the computers, it can't be a computer thing because the computers knew how to do it before 2020. Yeah, but those were the fast pass computers. Now they have the genie computers. Yeah, maybe this is a maybe this is a genie thing. I don't know. Maybe they need that so they can get genie settled in for the day or something. <laughs> I mean, technically it does give a it does give a leg up for getting genie plus reservations to anyone who's in the park and you wouldn't be able to make genie plus reservations in other parks because you are limited for that. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not virtual queue, maybe it's genie plus. And if so, I just went to really, really, really hating Genie Plus now. <laughs> from from just slightly hating it to being fully righteous rage toward it. Righteous rage. Because there is there is no point to this. And dang it, now I'm now I'm really thinking it's a Genie Plus thing. I'm really starting to think it's a Genie Plus thing. Hey, you ain't never had a friend like him. I mean I have, <laughs> but 
I generally tried to drop those relationships. My therapists have said they're not good for me. <sighs> well, I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. You can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a good day.